You are listening to Rouge, White, and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to Rouge, White, and Blue CFL Podcast. My name is Alex Davis. I'm the host of the show. And joining me for this week one recap of the 2023 CFL season is my co-host, Joe Pritchard. Joe, are you ready to overreact? I, th- I went 4-0. I think I reacted pretty well. 4-0. Good for you. I was 3 Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, because you did the smart thing and proclaimed to that Edmonton not win at home yet again as the Elks. Still looking for that first home Elks win over there at Edmonton. Uh, but three and one in Pickham. I'm not going to sneeze at that. Four and zero. Awesome job. Awesome job. I was quite surprised. Actually, I had these down. I was quite surprised at some of the um, popular choices. Of course, when you go to the CFL Pickham official website, they'll show you the um, the fan picks, and I was stunned that I think the the game kicked off. Uh, the Calgary BC game kicked off at at least 66 33 Calgary. And I was mm-hmm. just stunned at that. I was, this is like a, an awful lack of confidence in Vernon Adams and the rest of the team, which stayed remarkably similar to last year's team, which had so much success, plus a couple of improvements in the secondary. Um, we could talk about the specifics of that a bit later on. I wasn't too surprised. That was pretty funny. At one point, I checked out the numbers on the Edmonton-Saskatchewan game. And at one point, it was 81% Saskatchewan to 20% Edmonton. And I was just, I was just thinking, these people, they're voting 10, 20, 30 times each. You know, as the, the riders fans are stuffed in the ballot boxes there. That's not so de rigueur, guys. Come on now. No need for that. And, of course... Winnipeg was highly favored by the crowd as well. I think the the Montreal was getting some pretty good support, if I recall correctly. They were about 60-40 over Ottawa as well. But I thought that was a pretty easy pick before the game. <laughs> it turned out to be a bit more excruciating than that. But before we do the rundown of the games, should we do should we do fantasy after the recap? Yeah, or should it. we take the we'll victory lap the- first? We'll do it after the we'll do okay. it after the recaps so that people can hear hear about the games. Then they can skip forward through us talking about fantasy because right. well, why? <laughs> right? Well, I mean, I get well. I mean, we're going to talk about next week as well. So there is some value added here. And and this week we can actually speak with some authority. This was here's a spoiler for you. This was truly probably the best week in Rouge White and Blue CFL fantasy history. Yes. Welcome to the club of winning a game. Hey, how about how, thanks a lot. <laughs> Come on, it wasn't that bad. Jesus, I got my Rod Via Gomez by last year, so I won a couple of games. I think I beat Toronto those those Argos boys once or twice as well. I mean, we had some pretty good games. My team and, and theirs did for sure. But in any case, all right, let's talk some real. Non-fantasy football, so some actual football. Uh, the week started off. This was this was half a good 
opening game. BC Lions 25, Calgary Stamps 15. Of course, the big story of this game is the BC offense came out hot. Vernon Adams delivered. Um, wow. On the opening drive, nine for nine for 77 yards. Most of it to Dominique Rhymes, who became my first idiot question of the CFL 2023 season in that on this podcast beforehand, I noted that Dominique Rhymes was, I think, top one or two or three uh, expensive wide receivers in fantasy. I asked Joe if it was worth it. He scores the first two touchdowns of the CFL season. So I guess he was worth it, Joe. I would imagine, yes. Uh, uh, an astute pick by me, if I say so myself. He was in my flex. I almost had him in the in the captain position. And I got to say, again, on fantasy football, that wrinkle of the captain can really beef up your score. Oh yeah, you it gives <laughs> you gotta you you gotta finagle a roster to fit in under the cap, but then you've got to pick the guy that go that's gonna go crazy for you too. So if you love a matchup, that that's going to be great for you. But if you guess wrong and your opponent guesses right, you're in deep yeah. trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the only way you, technically speaking, the only way you can guess wrong is if you, you go with a zero, right? Because you are getting double the points. Sure, but if you pick a guy that's got five points and your opponent picks right. a guy that's got 25 points, of well, course. of course, that doesn't work out well for you. But I mean, it's also kind of a no. It's going to be a no-brainer most weeks, right? Because it's either going to be your quarterback or maybe your flex. Maybe right? your mean, maybe your top. If you got a running back you really believe in, or a receiver you really believe in, but that's going to and it have to be because all the quarterbacks have crappy matchups too, potentially. Well, geez, okay. Let's let's get back to this game and talk about running back because for me, aside from the fact that um, I think the the overreaction here would be that yeah, BC is going to be okay in twenty twenty three. Vernon Adams will be okay, right? This is the overreaction. I think think that you know this team will win you know double digit games. This team will probably win more than twelve games. I mean, or twelve games or more, I should say. But for me, the real revelation of the game was Taekwon Mizell. And it's going into this game thinking, okay, let's assume that sure enough, Calgary is not going to do much more than go for short yardage passes. And wow, we can talk about Jake Meyer in a second here. And which was obviously the case. So the secondary, which was kind of a bit of a weakness last year, wouldn't hurt them too much, even if they hadn't improved. But for me, the real chink in the armor here could be the running game. And guess what? Here's Taekwon Musil, who just had fantastic game, answers that question. Okay, now BC is going to be able to hurt you on the ground as well. They're going to be able to eat clock, which they did in this game. Uh, the defense kept the stamps out of the end zone until the fourth quarter. Game was pretty much in hand. And I guess, Joe, all your worst fears about Calgary were immediately, you know, confirmed. I mean, Jake Meyer went for just over four and a quarter yards per attempt. 
Okay, you're really not, not going to win. You're not going to win on any level of football like that. I mean, that's just nuts. I mean, he had as many passes as as almost as many attempts as Vernon Adams, you know, who went for 270 yards. Yeah, it's just like, ugh. so I don't know. What were your impressions of this game? Was this more about BC looking good or Calgary looking not ready for prime time? Well, there's some of both. Uh, BC played well enough to win. Calgary did not play well enough to win. Uh, they did not. The scary thing for them too is they're missing Kadeem Carey this next week for sure, yep. and it could be it could be longer. He was their legitimate home run threat, and if you're gonna have a if you're gonna play a short yardage passing game, and couple that with a run game. You're gonna have to be. You're gonna have to be very efficient with it. Jake Mayer wasn't, and now that they're lacking Kadeem Carey, the running game is gonna be less efficient too. That combination is not gonna get you many points in this league. So either Mayer's gonna have to start throwing the ball down the field, or Peyton Logan's gonna have to pick up a lot of slack. And then you're starting the game with your kicker going over two on field goals. That doesn't help either, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get overly worried about that one because Renee Purtis has been there, done that. He'll bounce right back. Oh yeah, and he did. He did. He was three for three after that, right? So, mm-hmm. um, but still, I mean, as a Stamps fan, you hated this game right from the go because man, you 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 guys were not doing anything. And the thing is, like, I mean, you say BC did enough to win this game. They took the pedal off real soon. They they really could have let a lot of these guys other than Dominique Rimes get some action, for example. I mean, you know, again, like 20, what, 28 completions, and it still felt like they could have done a lot more in the passing game. I, I really felt like. Right. I but mean, you they could, could tell that they had no confidence in Calgary beating them with their offense. Right. So they decided not to take risks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is good when Vernon Adams is your quarterback. I mean, you want to see, if you're going to see two and a one in that box score, you want it to be two touchdowns, one interception, when, you know, the game is in hand. You know, that's good Vernon Adams. That's what you want to see. That's what BC wants to see this season. So uh, is there hope for Calgary? I mean, you can if you, if you squint, can you see something here? Well, they've got Ottawa this week, so that gives anybody hope. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Then they have the Riders the following week, so they could still work their way into a decent start. But they're going to have to start throwing the ball down the field, especially if they're missing Kadeem Carey. But Mayer wasn't targeting anything beyond 10 yards. And once the defense knew that, it was easy. Okay. Um, let's go on to... <laughs> Winnipeg Bombers, 42. Hamilton Tiger Cats, 31. And second dumb prediction of the year was I I stated on this show that probably the best bet in this game would be the under. I think Winnipeg hit the over by themselves (laughs) for 42 here. Um Wow. You know, every year it seems like on this show, I'm getting this feeling of deja vu because every year the temptation is to say the Bombers picked off where they left, picked up where they left off. 
But I think we should think about this like they just don't leave off. And there's no, what do you mean? There's nothing to pick up, right? They're still playing. I think 2021 season here, maybe even 2019. They're still playing 2019 here in Winnipeg. They're still I mean, they're still playing that big the big run they had at the end of 2019. Right, <laughs> right, right. They just ignored COVID like we all should have. 2020, it was just it didn't happen, you know. And they've just been going since then. They're on the same run. Um, I mean, I wish wow. they would have kept the run up last November. Oh. <laughs> Well, that's fo- that's football, though. That's football. That is. That's football. Ask the they New England Patriots. They needed one more quarter. They needed one more exactly. quarter last year, and they would have been exactly. fine. Exactly. <laughs> you know, for want of a nail, et cetera, et cetera. Ask the New England Patriots, man. You can win 18 in a row, have a bad quarter or two, and you're done, dude. History will forget you. So in this case, um, wow. Wow. I had to love this game, Joe, as a Bombers fan. First three drives, three touchdowns, you know, perfectly capped the first quarter by converting the, the extra point on it. Last one, uh, they're up. They finished the first quarter up by the wonderful score of 21 to four. They closed out the first half. What is it? 29 to four. Great scores there. Great Canadian football scores. And then, you know, let Hamilton pretend it was a practice game in the second half. Um, geez. I mean, anything you can tell us here? I mean, were you surprised that, you know, the score is this Hamilton 31? I'm a little bit surprised because the Bombers were making some uncharacteristic mistakes that let the Hamilton get into the game. They didn't fumble a whole lot last year at all. I was actually looking at some numbers from last year this this morning. Yeah. And and they didn't turn the ball over much at all. And then all of a sudden, fumble, fumble, fumble. Oh, the one popping right into the Hamilton guy's hands, running the opposite way. Yeah, yeah, that that that's that's bad luck for you. But it's like you're gonna you're gonna actually make us sweat this one out, aren't you? Then they took the ball and went and scored again. It made us feel a lot better, but still, like yeah, could have yeah. made us made that slightly less stressful. <laughs> I mean the the bam 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 in the first quarter. To me, it was like a statement that, okay, we can score like this. You know, we can score like this when we want to. And, and you know, I mean, it sounds facile to say it, you know, plus they're coming off the offseason. Okay, fair enough. But don't you get bored? I mean, don't you no. get bored? I mean, not so much bored, but like taking stuff for granted. You know, like a bit more mentally slack, like you get complacent. I mean, it helps when you're up twenty-one to four in the first right. quarter. That kind of go, okay, we right. not right. going to worry about it, not going to stress out, and then turn around and it's a one one score game in the fourth quarter. It's like, how did that happen? <laughs> I don't know. But, I really was sweating. But it usually, out. what happened last year was Winnipeg would do that in the first quarter. It was it score a bunch of points right away? Boom, boom, yeah. boom. 14, yeah. 21, what have you? Take the second third quarters off and then dominate the fourth quarter yeah yeah yeah, yeah. this quarter, time too. around they just kept the pedal they kept the pedal down on offense and kept scoring in the second and third quarters too yeah yeah well you know there's there's a few changes there on the defensive side this is week one i mean if this is i mean if this is an off game 
Jesus. <laughs> it, 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 the turnover the turnovers are always going to be slightly concerning, but I, I felt pretty dang good about the offense considering yeah. 42 points on the board in week one. Yeah. I'm not going to be that upset about, okay, a block punt. Special teams week one. New punter. New for new people in new places. That's the sort of thing that's going to happen when you're facing Jeff Reinbold. And if that's the worst that's going to happen when you're facing Jeff Reinbold, you do, you're doing okay. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah. Then the pick. Then the pick. Or that, that wasn't. Was it a fumble or a pick six? I'm trying to remember offhand. Because the two in the four at the beginning, like a third of the way into the fourth right. quarter was. Hamilton touched Hamilton defensive touchdown. Right. Winnipeg fumbles the kickoff at right. almost goes all the way back and the next play is a touchdown. Yeah. Right. That was just, yeah. If you could if you could just take that minute of play out of out of the equation, it looked a hell of a lot better for Winnipeg. Let's talk Hamilton though. Okay. They the, so remember what we were saying about Calgary throwing the ball short all the time. Hamilton fell behind, and then all of a sudden, all they're doing is throwing the ball deep downfield mm-hmm. and not driving the ball down the field. So if you could find a happy medium between those two, <laughs> and maybe that's what Calgary was trying to do when they moved on from Bo, then you have a better I, offense than what these two teams put up. Again, I overreaction week one. I'd be concerned. I'd be concerned about Bo. I, I, this was not good. This was not good. I mean, he looked old. I mean, like, and, and this has got to be football old because he's what, 31, I think. Not right. that old. Um, this is football years. Um, looked slow, wasn't very reactive. Uh, 17 of 33, and again, talk about your average per attempt. You know, he's just around six yards per attempt. Yeah, you know, the again, long ones were coming up a little bit underthrown. Yeah. Sort of now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hop on the let's panic about Bo Levi bandwagon for at least a month, but after that, everything's on the table. Right. No, this is just that's just the overreaction. That's the overreaction version. I'm not going to be there until about a month into the season if this continues, but I follow you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that would be again as like as like a die in the wool Hamilton fan who's getting the Grey Cup this year. You know, yeah. Uh, if you are in the Grey Cup, there's decent money on that starting quarterback may not be Boo at that point. I don't know if it'll be Matt Schultz either, but. We'll see. Um, I like what James Butler did. Thank you, James, uh, for scoring that touchdown and being on my fantasy team. Appreciated that. Um, some some nice stuff by the receivers, but again, um, you know, Bo is missing half of his passes. Um, Dakeel Williams, Duke Williams, had the uh, had the long for Bo. And that was the thing, too, at 47 yards, that's more than one third of his total passing yards. So not a great, not a great game for the Hamilton offense. If they don't have those gimme turnovers, I mean, geez, 
there's no way this is an 11 point game with the way this offense looked. No, the offense didn't so. contribute a whole lot to that score line. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, yeah, Butler was about the only one that that looked okay out there, and uh, you really can't go run first in this league, as we may have said before. All right, my guys, um, the Montreal Alouettes, nineteen, defended home against the Ottawa Red Blacks, twelve. Okay, uh, <laughs> how much should I be overreacting to a low watt offense on which our best player may not be our best player again? Overreaction week one, but poor William Stanback for she's since the first half of last year just hasn't been seeming to whip off those six, seven-yard gains consistently like he used to. I mean, in this one, he had only one long run. I mean, the first, our first uh, drive, we had a nice run back from our returner. And then the last two plays of that drive were a tackle for a loss and an eight-yard sack. So we had to settle after a very promising start for a 48-yard field goal. And that was the beginning of the Madra Alouette's 2023 season on offense. Um, how concerned am I about this low-watt offense? Yeah, I would say start worrying. <laughs> wow, see, already. Uh, I mean, Ottawa's got a better defense than people will give them credit for because their yeah. offense is so Let's just say it. The offense isn't that isn't good at all. So that defense is on the field way too long every single week. And they still put up a good fight. I mean, Lorenzo Malden is leading league of sacks for a reason. I mean, he has more chances at him, but still, he converts. They were making Cody look like he was behind Saskatchewan's offensive line. So if you're worried about your offensive line, you... you yeah, I, I didn't think Montreal's offensive line was that much of a thing to worry about, but maybe it is. Maybe it is. And if Cody's behind an offensive line that's yeah. going to be paper thin again this year, we're going to get the same results. Yeah, that that did concern me. Ottawa has not been a great pass-rushing team this past few seasons. And yeah, this first quarter and the fourth quarter, the offensive line looked pretty bad. Uh, they kind of knuckled under a bit in the second and the third, so it seems. But wow, that's yeah, that that was not yeah, a I'm good count, show. I'm counting five sacks just glancing at it. Yeah, I think I think they'll be okay next week against bye, but you know I, we'll we'll see week three. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe they better keep a fullback in the backfield for that one. <laughs> I don't know. We're also going to have to find something to do with the running game. I mean, Antwi didn't see any uh, quality time at all in this game. And he's ostensibly our number two guy out there. So, and, yeah. and, and, and I was I, worried about Ottawa's defense missing Jovan Santos Knox right off the hop, but the defense wasn't the problem. It was Ottawa's offense again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the defense was problem. The, the defense wasn't the problem. Be a problem all year. We just don't have any weapons. There's no weapons in this Montreal offense now. There's nothing. You know, I was, I've gone in the space of like one game now 
from last year's playoffs to we can be a contender because of stand back to we've got nothing. <laughs> we've got nothing back there because we don't. Austin, no. Austin Mac might might be something. Okay. Okay. Okay, okay. on Julian Grant's been getting a lot of a lot of love from what I'm seeing. Then again, they've got big shoes to feel. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, the receiving core is not what it used to be in Montreal. No, it's not. I mean, even even when we were playing quarterback shuffle, well, we still are. Even when we were playing quarterback shuffle, we always had somebody out there to catch it. So, all right. And finally, my final bad speculation of the week, Saskatchewan Rough Riders 17, Edmonton Elks 13. Again, Elks lose at home, like we said at the top of the show. Um not only did I pick Edmonton in this game, I also questioned Eugene Lewis being one of the top um, fantasy, the most expensive fantasy football players in the CFL game. Uh, but sure enough, first touchdown for the Elks this year is a 96-yarder in which he burned poor Jeremy Clark. Now, now Jeremy Clark, I actually looked him up because – he got so burned on that play. I mean, it looked like Eugene Lewis was about seven feet taller than him. And, uh, you know, barely needed to jump to burn the poor guy. And so I did some research on Jeremy Clark. Talk about your hard luck, dude, man. Here's a guy who was drafted by the Jets in 2017. Okay, sixth round pick. Does the thing where he's bouncing around on practice teams for a bunch of years. Gets with the, the XFL for 2020. So he starts playing for Seattle. They kill the season. He's done again. He gets signed by the Riders for the 2021 season, but doesn't play a minute in 2021 or 2022 for the Riders. Okay. So now finally this guy gets to start in a proper league game, gets to play in a proper league game, <laughs> and, and he gets posterized. Poor guy. Poor guy. But – that was basically the whole highlight of this game, right? That was their Eugene Lewis was their entire offense. <laughs> okay, Kevin Brown did decently when he had the shot, yeah. when he had the chance, but Taylor Cornelius had half his passing yards on that one play, and three fourths of his passing yardage went to Eugene Lewis, which is proof positive that Eugene Lewis can make anybody look good as a quarterback. Yep. Yep. Well, they're liking him in Edmonton, but what else do you like? What else do you like here? I mean, okay, so Saskatchewan, 17 points, not exactly doing it all. You know, the the uh, Riders Twitter dome, I guess you could call it, you know, was was all over this. Wow, it's so great. They do just enough to win. Da -da 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 -da. But, I mean, what can you tell me about scoring 17 against you know, not an awesome defense. I think Saskatchewan's offensive highlight was Trevor Harris saying the words butt sniffer on TV. <laughs> All right. Gauntlet, gauntlet thrown. So on the Edmonton side, you have the Lewis 96-yard touchdown. And on the other side, you got Butt Sniffer. Okay. Joe, I know where your loyalties lie in this league, Matt. 
don't um, know. It, it wasn't a it wasn't a terrible offensive performance. I'll say that. Um, Trevor's getting used to new personnel again. He did make a few mistakes. He played a normal a game that you would expect him to play, which is going to raise the level of what they had last year because they had Cody running for his life the whole time. Yeah. Uh, Paris, Paris either was very well protected or has a much quicker release. And I'm thinking both, uh, Jamal Morrow did pretty well, especially at the end of the game when they were trying to run out clock, they handed it to Jamal Morrow and said, run this game out. And he did, uh, Sean Baines getting some attention, uh, Darrell Walker, uh, we know he hasn't been the same the last few years, but he was there making plays this week. I mean, there, it's not nothing. And in this division, third place is in play. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Is the overreaction in Edmonton to, 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 to panic here? I mean, is... Will the will the revolving door begin spinning? At quarterback, possibly. Um, Chris Jones is known to be loyal to his to his players, though. So Taylor Cornelius might that might just be an aberration. I I think he's better better than what he, he showed there, but that was not his. That was not a good game at all. Um, uh, they got. Trey Ford and Kyle Loxley on the roster. Trey Ford showed out really well by the time he got to start last year. So uh, I'm sure that pretty quickly they'll be clamoring for change at quarterback. I don't know if it's the best option yet, but if they did commit to Cornelius with an extension and doesn't look good I, right away, but again, week one. Right. Yeah, but I think I think it's I think it would have been a lot less in uh, the feelings might be a lot less intense if they weren't so close to, to winning that game because they were what first and goal at the one, right? And three plays, they lose a yard. Well, yeah, and but it's guaranteed win night and they're that close and yet they still don't pull it out. I think that ratchets up, ratchets up the feeling. The losing streak ratchets up the feeling. Yeah, not a great situation, but I think there's a few things that are making it look a lot worse than it is quite yet. Well, yeah, but that's but that's a catch twenty two thing, right? Like, if he scores that touchdown, he's much more highly regarded. But if he were much more highly regarded, if there were a reason to regard him highly, he would have scored that touchdown. He would have led his team to the touch. I mean, Cody got well, that touchdown. They did. They did pull. They pulled Cornelius out out of the one. Kyle Loxley right. snuck twice, didn't get anywhere. They ran to the outside, didn't get anywhere. So yeah. you can't blame you can't blame the goal line stand on Cornelius. He wasn't there. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I don't know. I mean, at the time, Joe, you had to think. I thought we discussed it. That that extension was pretty wild. I mean, that's I mean, yeah, Edmonton closed out strong, but it's not like they were a powerhouse. I mean, no, it's not like they weren't a powerhouse. But that was jo- I think that was Jones's way of signaling, hey, I have faith in this guy. So yeah, I you're don't gonna be my they, guy next year. I don't yeah. think that they're gonna be pulling they're gonna be pulling him out of the lineup anytime soon. 
I don't know. I don't know. I I I thought I thought by the end of the game, Trey Ford was going to get some more time. To be honest, um, in any case, okay. Well, let's go on to. I think we're going to brag first, really quick, and then we'll move on to next week's games, and also with an eye to to fantasy within next week's games, because I do have some questions for you, Joe, uh, going into next week now. Okay, Joe and I did pretty well. Scored, actually, Joe did really well. I I I scored enough to win. I had a couple of really good performances. Now, this is weekly fantasy football, and you know part of the key to victories was Joe had Vernon Adams. He put him in that captain position, right? Yep. Yeah, I did. I got, I got two. I got basically two players that were zeros for me this week. Yeah, me too. Uh, I did. I did a one of my running backs was Everton's backup because I wanted to spend two point five just to fill the slot, and then I had Dylan Mitchell who got me point five. So usually that's a recipe for disaster when you have two players with that amount of points. But Vernon Adams basically gave me fifty points on his own because I had the captain tag on him. The captain is like another player. So, right. so you can make up for those zeros. The, the zeros are fine. I mean, if you're paying 14000 for Zach Caleros and you've got him as your captain, you're actually paying 7000 for two Caleroses, right? You're paying 7000 each for two of them, right? So you can take those zeros. You can take those hits. You can take at least one hit on the zero, I think. That's my theory. Now, I did very well this week. I'm not great at this game, but I did quite well this week. Uh, I had Zach Laris as captain, right? So, so again, that eats up a lot of it. And then, you know, Eugene Lewis also helps, you know. It's, it's nice to get, you know, 13, 14 points on a single play. Yeah, that, 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 really, that, that really helps, you know, going down the stretch in that fourth game. So, um how do you feel? This is weekly game. How do you feel about rolling with guys? No. Never. I'm going to look. I'm going to take each week as its own thing. Oh, yeah, but I don't mean that. I don't mean, I don't mean, well, he had a killer week, so I'm going to run with him again. But lately, I've been going out of my way. Never to start the same guys two weeks in a row. I won't do that either. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. What I'll do is I'm going to look at the defense first. I'm going to take the cheapest option yeah. that doesn't scare me. Right. Yeah. Then I'm going to go fill my quarterback spot, find the best matchup for the money, whether that's paying a lot of money or not, because if I can get a decent matchup for a guy that, you know, if he's if he's if if I got Trevor Harris against Ottawa, maybe I take Trevor Harris that week. If he's 10k instead of paying 15k for somebody else, yeah. or if I know I got to spend a lot of money on a quarterback because none of the cheap matchups make any sense, then I know I have to cheap out at running back. Yeah, and that's really how I play it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like my team this week. <laughs> I actually and whether I, a guy's I, been good for me last week or or not, what are they going to do for me this week? Right. 
yeah. Having said all that, I, 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 what I said before, I went with Zach Kolaris this week. I actually got a great team. I've got three, three red blacks, three bombers, and three, uh, three, uh, or two lions, two lions, two bombers, and two red blacks, and then one Argo, I think. So, in any case, all right. So, let's go so on I've got to... more riders than you do. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You see where my loyalties lie. I'm going out of my way not to take any tie cats or riders, man. No, thank you. And the owls are off this week. So my options are pretty limited in a 19 league. I was able no. to go a cheap, a cheap with a cheap rider receiver that I feel good about. That'll get me points commensurate to how much I'm spending. Yeah. The riders are going to be throwing it a lot. I'll yeah, tell you they what, I'd, I'd like Winnipeg defense a lot more if they weren't so damn expensive. In any case, exactly. Right. Take the defense that the cheapest defense that doesn't make you sick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Last week I did well. Last week I I took the Elks. The Elks were the lowest defense on the board, and they still put up like almost eight points. You know, which is really good for like five thousand, less than five thousand. So maximize those points that's the secret of fantasy football as everybody knows by now right the week opens up with calgary at ottawa <laughs> wow and i'm gonna say this right off i don't know the lines on this but take the under. i would i would not be shocked to see ottawa win this game i would i would not be surprised at all i would um you would be surprised Totally. Okay. How about starting Nick Arbuckle against Calgary? I was at that. I oh. was at this exact matchup last okay. year. Okay. This exact matchup last year. Caleb Evans was starting against Calgary. Okay. But I mean, neither of those guys are going to make me think that Calgary's not going to be able to stop them. So. Okay. Yeah. And it was All probably right. the worst game I've attended live as far as game game action goes. <laughs> Because Calgary wasn't putting lighting up the scoreboard either. Beautiful okay, so night, you're though. saying if you skip one game this week, it should probably be this one? That one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you kind of talked me off the ledge in this one, and I like that too because it's it's kind of setting up a situation where, again, like last year, the Alouettes have the bye week and could end up on top of the East, yep. which would be awesome. So that yeah, fantastic. And Ottawa's also got their own home lo- home losing streak that's hanging over their heads and will until they win a game. Sure. This isn't going to be the week that's that's going to happen. So <laughs> it's added pressure against a team that they aren't going to score a lot of points against. So there's no way I'm going to go out my way to pick Ottawa. Can we just change the schedule and have a a, a home and home with Ottawa and Edmonton? Just like maybe they we did that la- we did that last year I think, and then the away teams won. <laughs> I don't know if it was back to back, but it was like within a month for sure. There's nothing that could save these teams. I think there's nothing. The, the curse is real. All right, so game two. Now this might be a good one, but I don't know, dude. I okay. Winnipeg Blue Bombers. At Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Now, again, I don't know the spread, but I'd be willing right now to give at least seven 
points to Winnipeg here. I mean, like, dude, who's – I don't know who's going to slow down Winnipeg this year, but it's not Saskatchewan right now. Saskatchewan does not want these guys right now coming off of that game. Do they? No, nobody does. But I mean, the Riders always play the Bombers tough at Mosaic. They haven't been beating the Bombers lately at Mosaic <laughs> or anywhere else for that matter. But they, but that, but those games in Mosaic are slugfests, and then the games at IGF are a little bit more relaxed as far as um, Bomber angst goes. <laughs> Not that Bomber fans should have much angst, but then there's always, you know, the thirty years before that doesn't go away in one or two or three great seasons. Oh, still, yeah, got a little bit of that pent up. Yeah, but <laughs> and it kind know, of gets and it kind of comes out in Saskatchewan. So, yeah, but that's the thing. That's the thing about sports. You think that, like, okay, so you know, I love the Lakers, and you think that, like, after a while, you know, you win the three in a row, you win two more in a row after that, and you think at some point that you're just going to go back and go, yeah, okay. Somebody else can win one. It's like, no, you want no. another one. You do. And losing hurts a hell of a lot more than winning feels good. Right. Right. And it's like, you know, I mean, yeah, the Red Sox, like they got, you know, they brushed off all that history by beating the Yankees in game four and sweeping them out and whatever. You ask any Red Sox fan when they're facing the Yankees, do you feel any yeah. extra pressure? Hell yeah. Of course. But they still, they still want to crush them. They still yep. sell shirts that say, you know, Jeter sucks. You know, it's like, come on. You know, you, you never, it's not, sports fan is not like that. It's not like that. I, I would. Rationality I would, goes out the window. Of course. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't wait until the Lakers can crush the Celtics in the finals again. I thought we were going to get that this year. It's just like, you know, you, you, you can't, you can't get enough. You can't get enough of this stuff. So, but okay, so so you think the Riders are going to play them close? So you think this game is going to be within a touchdown, huh? I could see, I could see, I could see the Riders be, you know, covering. Wow. Just okay, the way the that Riders. these go, just the them. way that these things go, it tends to be low scoring and mosaic. It tends to come down to the last three minutes. It tends to, and then the rematch the next week is a thirty point laugher sometimes. Yeah. Or has been a few of the a few of the last few times it's happened. So yeah. kind of been the trend since COVID. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The trend since 2019 has been the bombers take no friggin' prisoners, man. That's that, that too. <laughs> but like... that doesn't mean that doesn't mean Regina doesn't add an extra layer of stress. Oh yeah, that's all. Oh, sure. Yeah, again, again, it's that Boston Yankees rivalry. It's that. It's that. You know, it's the Lakers in the Garden. It's it's that whole thing, um, for sure. Okay, third game, somewhat intriguing. Edmonton at BC, but again, I can't see BC losing in BC place. I think this to me feels like. Okay, again, overreaction week one, but I can well imagine. BC starting the season like they did last year, where they're scoring a lot of points, 
They're just really using that offense. You know, maybe they're not as freewheeling as when Rourke was running the team. Because again, you should have a short so, leash. So they're on, not on scoring Tucker. fifty, but they'll score in the high thirties, right? Yeah, high thirty for a good <laughs> six, seven games. That's just a feeling I get. I mean, I I haven't seen in the, in this first week, I haven't seen a defense that's gonna stop BC when they're firing on all cylinders. And again, like I say, I like the possibility of that running game there in BC. I've got Mizell this week. I I got Mizell in fantasy this week, and he's still only at 9,000. So that's that's a slightly below average uh, player uh, in this league. So I think that's still a good play, uh, even though he still doesn't have the picture on cfl.ca yet which which i don't necessarily like but give it a couple years well yeah (laughs) but i mean this is this is the case of a rookie from an american program who is perfect for the cfl it looks like you know smaller than average hits those holes and runs can take a hit as well so, and you, you notice too that they didn't stick him on special teams, and they have him in the backfield game one, right? So, you know they know this guy has something. So I'm looking forward to seeing Mazel again. I he for me again, he was really a revelation in that game. I enjoyed seeing him. Okay, and finally, I can't believe this is the last game. Hamilton. I think it's pretty clear that we're both picking BC then. Oh yeah, because I don't think we even made picks on this one, but. I'm not gonna be in. I'm not gonna be in a disagreeing mood on that one. Nah, Edmonton's got to show us something. I mean, we saw nothing in that game. You know, Eugene Lewis. Okay, we knew that was coming. Um, final game: Hamilton at Toronto. The long-awaited 2023 debut of the defending champion Toronto Argonauts. I'm sure CBS Sports is wishing they had this game in week one instead of that Montreal game, Montreal-Ottawa game, to show to the U.S. audience on their new platform. But here we have Hamilton at Toronto. Now, again, I was not too overly impressed with Hamilton. Joe was. Um, I'm pretty scared no, of neither. <laughs> well... I mean, okay, so you're putting that all down to just Winnipeg making dumb mistakes in the second half. I'll go ha- I'll go halfsies on that okay, as far as well, Hamilton forced the turnovers, but Winnipeg usually doesn't put themselves in a position to be giving yeah. those turnovers up. Yeah. Yeah. So good okay, on so Hamilton for doing that and they made and they made it and they made the score final score look a hell of a lot closer than it should right. have been. Wow. Yeah, but nobody nobody had, you know, Hamilton getting 12 points in that game. So <laughs> in any case, um, and, and plus it wasn't as close as that score indicated. I, I'm just exactly. sorry. That was a pretty weak 31 points. It sounds strange to say that, but it really was in general. Um, okay, so we've got Hamilton which played a pretty weird game. Um, at least a weird half game. Against Toronto, which is the X Factor. You know, Toronto, they had a few roster changes. 
nothing too, too dramatic. They were one of the few teams, we discussed this in the preseason, they were one of the few teams who know who their starting quarterback is, for example, going into this season. So at least they have this answered. Um, I don't know. What do you do with the unknown team here, Joe? How do you like Toronto's chances? I say that they're the pending champs. They get the benefit of the doubt just for that. Okay. Um, yes, they have the questions at quarterback, but they also have Ryan Dinwiddie, who's proven he knows how to scheme for players. And he'll know if he's got to pull Chad Kelly. He'll know how to scheme for Chad Kelly to make him look good. He gets the, the thing that we come back to with him is every so often there's a game, there's like a in-game decision that's a team decision and not an offensive coordinator decision that sometimes looks like it's made in haste or like, what are you thinking? But we said that about Andrew Reed for 20 years, right? <laughs> and Dinwiddie has been the head coach for what, two or three at this point. Right. So right. I think he gets a little bit of time to make a few of those when he's already proven he can make a team, take a team all the way to the great cup and win the thing. So he gets the benefit of the doubt of that front so i'd say hamilton's a team with more to prove than toronto does yeah toronto is a team that isn't you know doesn't blow anybody away i again i was looking at numbers earlier this morning from last year they didn't fly off the stat page at me but they were always in the game when it mattered yep yeah they i think they might have taken a really if, if i'm not mistaken i think bc caught them early and just blew them out which made their points forward against ratio like yeah. skewed as hell yeah. but their team that doesn't cut doesn't fly off the stats page at you but they're always playing tight games and they're always playing and they're always in them at the end yeah yeah they so rarely take, um... i'll take that team i'll take that team over hamilton who hasn't showed me showed me a whole lot yet now hamilton has proved they can do things on special teams and their defense is opportunistic. So if Chad Kelly's going to lay the ball out there and give Hamilton a ton of chances to take it back, well, that's what they're going to do. But I don't think Dinwiddie puts them in that position. Okay. So what about, okay. I guess my big question here is, are there any good picks from the Argos in fantasy? I mean, Ulet is at like 14K. Yeah, not touching uh, that with the 10th. No, I think I, him and Andrew Harris were both at like 10 apiece. Yeah, Harris so is If they're going to split carries, forget it. I'm not touching either of those guys until I okay. know who's the dot, the primary. Right. Yeah, that's the thing, is that they could really, like, that's a hell of a one. They'll split carries all year as yeah. long as Andrew Harris is healthy, so. Yeah, that's a heck of a one, too. But check this out. They've also got Devontae Daniels at 11.6 and uh, Marquette Hambles at 10. Yeah, Devaris Daniels. Yeah, I, I actually had him on my roster at one point this week. Pulled him off because I wasn't quite sure, and I wanted to go a little bit cheaper that at that slot, but... It was a thought. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is 
this team is a nightmare from from a fantasy perspective because it's like who's going to get these points and that's that's a lot of money this is this is the most expensive team i would say give give toronto a week or two to establish who they are offensively this year because they're going to be a different team because mccall bethel thompson and chad kelly are different styles of players yeah so dinwiddie is going to be scheming for kelly and not for mccall bethel thompson so you're going to see what you're going to see Chad Kelly in a position in an offense that is geared toward his success. We're going to have to find out who, which receivers and which running backs are going to be the touch points on that are going to be the ones that are in his line of sight. After that, then then I would start making some plays on Toronto players. But for this week, I'm going to stay off. Yeah. And then see which, <laughs> which, which players get injured as well. Um, it's also true. I believe if, if, the, if one of those two running backs goes down for any length of time and the other one's the primary, they're in play at that point. Yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. I mean, again, that's that's the best one two in the league. I mean, like like no question. And you know, this receiving core may be among the best in the league, too. Um, considering that you've got Harris as a still a considerable two way player um, out there. So um Okay. All right. Um, let's see. Do oh, I just okay. I want. I wanted. I wanted to 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 roll the dice a little bit on this. I I I wanted to see what what you think about this, Joe. Um, it's Pride Month. Okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm not gonna go. Not gonna go either woke or Trump on anybody. Okay. So, hang on. All right. There's a story on the CFL.ca about Matt Corte and Nick Bahar, you know, going to some event and, and making speeches about, you know, whatnot, about inclusivity, about, you know, um, representation, things like that. And they're saying, isn't it great that, you know, we can include people and da 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 da? Okay. My question is this. Why is there still such a huge deal, like a 70, 80-year-old deal, about professional sports players coming out? I mean, yeah, you have Michael Sam, you have Don Amici, played in the NBA and admitted it after he retired, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not very common. And on the other hand, you have Charles Barkley, who said like maybe 15 years ago, quote, there's one in every locker room, <laughs> meaning gay guys. Okay. So, so how come all this, like, you know, CFL, you know, um, diversity of strength stuff, for example, but still nothing from the actual players themselves? Because if you're a player that comes out and, and comes out, let's just say that. You're putting a target on your back for you you're giving your teammates and your opponents something to dislike you about. You're giving your general manager and your coaches a reason to make you the player that they don't keep in a 50-50 situation where they're going between player A and player B. Well, you might have checked a box. That means that you're player B and you're out the door. 
Okay. And they, right. and th- I mean, that's, that's okay. Okay. To, but, that's really, that's really part of it. And I'm not really even qualified to speak on it. So I really don't want to say a whole lot more. Oh yeah, I know. I know. This is just a, I mean, for us, this is just a philosophical question. It's just like, like right. why? Right. Okay. But here's the thing. All right. Let's say Charles is correct. Okay. And let's assume that, that, guys and okay in this case the nba because there's fewer players right so so it's easier to talk about but let's say let's say these guys on the nba team right let's say they're not dummies okay if 10 of the 12 guys go out to a strip club and one guy says no i'm gonna you know do something else consistently you know these guys aren't dumb you know i mean so is it denial I mean, or it's you know, denial or, and conformity because okay. you've been asked okay. as an athlete to listen to your coaches from this time you're five years old. Okay. Listen to your coaches, follow their instructions, be a part of the team, be a part of the group, conform. Mm-hmm. Okay. And part of part and parcel of that is to be it's just is not to rock the boat yeah and and the norm is masculine heterosexuality so. that's exactly it but i know that's, where I, I was, it, that's that's the words i was grasping for i couldn't yeah. find mask that that's it that's exactly it yeah that's yeah. that's the group that these people that everybody's in and to be different from that is gonna it's going to cause problems Let's just say that. It's funny because here's so the play, sports. So the, right. Here, I mean, ahead. here's sports back in this stuff, and society is like decades ahead of them. You know, they're on this. They are. Yeah. I mean, I mean, well, I look in some part, look, okay. If sports really reflected society, okay, on the Rams, it would be no problem to be a gay football player. <laughs> right because in california we have relatively fewer like bigots in this way right so it would be reflective of the state right and so yeah okay so in some parts of the country people are more adverse to that kind of stuff yeah sure but the truth is is that it seems to me that like some of these sports leagues are even worse than the worst parts of america because you literally can't find anybody who will stand up Right, whereas right. you know, because even you in somewhere like you, Mississippi, you don't want to rock the boat. You don't want to put a target on your back. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The players that are the superstars have the ability to do that, and they can rock the boat some and get away with it. But they might not rock that boat because they don't want to put their endorsements in at risk. These days, <laughs> <laughs> these days, if if there if might. A... There might be more. There might be more on once on um, behind curtain B than there is behind curtain A. But you know what's yeah. up behind curtain A, so you're gonna yeah. you might take that instead. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right in that respect, I don't know. It seems to me that one of these days, it's it's just gonna take one guy who's just super confident and just go, yeah. So, you know, it will, yeah, and so. it will help if it will help if. 
the bulk of us become more accepting of people different than us. And right now we're going the opposite way. So it's going to be yeah. longer. It's going to be longer now than it might have been 10 years ago than you might have thought 10 years ago for this to have changed. It's going to be longer out now than we might have thought it was. But sports can because be a lead, but sports can be a leader in this kind of stuff. Okay? For example, when Magic Johnson had to retire because he was HIV positive, that turned a lot of people. That that generated a lot of awareness about you know because before this it was reagan's bugaboo it's a oh it's a gay disease you know the the fundamentalist guys were going this is god's punishment for homosexuality it's sodom and gomorrah shit like this right i mean they're so, still saying that i'm sure well yeah but but average people are less susceptible to think like that when you have somebody like magic johnson you know the capital mj you know and it happens to this guy or like nowadays when 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 athletes are having to um bow out because of mental health issues you know like sometimes sports is actually ahead on this stuff sometimes sports can generate sympathy for you know these causes and can advance society i mean this is what culture is supposed to do <laughs> we're supposed to like advance so what's the good of having celebrities if they can't like you know say the right thing once in a while you know do the right thing for the rest of us you know it's just like you know so i also think it's more likely that it would be an nfl player or an mlb player or an nba player than a cfl player well i mean yeah i mean it just it just because i'm into the cfl it just struck me because of, i mean I, my money would be on the nba my money would be on the NBA. yeah and i'm thinking it would be a player that has enough money in the bank that if they yeah. just, if they stop earning money tomorrow because of their decision, they'd still be set as long as they were smart about it. Yeah, a few guys think like that, though. Right. You know, call but it you're Kaepernick. not going to see a player. You're not going to see too many players that still need to play to make their money and, and to keep their livelihood going and to raise and to raise their families. Put, we'll put that at risk. Somebody that's yeah. secure, yeah. that would be that would be a, a more likely scenario in my mind. Oh yeah, no, it'll be somebody who actually grew up, who knew very early that he was, you know, LGBTQ, whatever, you know, on that spectrum or whatever. He knew it very early. He was accepted very early by his parents and by his classmates, and you know, he was able to star on the basketball team, and people would go ho ho ho, and he'd go screw you. You know, that it's going to have to be that kind of guy. And these these people come up into Hollywood. You know, these people come up into other walks of life. You know, it's happening now. You can actually be a teenager and be accepted as like gay or, you know, whatever else, trans, whatever else. You know, that's actually possible now in not all of our society, but a lot of it, but a lot of it. I mean, I think, for example, that this. That a, that a real self-outing is far less likely in hockey and, and, and baseball because in baseball, you've got a lot of macho Latino guys and in hockey, you've got a lot of macho Nordic guys. You know, that would never, you know, never do that, never admit that kind of thing. You know, these are the kind of guys who have wives and kids. 
(laughs) (laughs) but they actually don't feel that way you know so in any case okay well there was just something that struck me today i was just like you know happy pride month everybody let's uh you know let's be brave out there let's be cool out there to other people all right joe got any uh famous last words I don't think I'm going to top anything we talked about in the last 10 minutes, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope I wasn't too controversial for anybody. I'm a big believer in let's cut through the BS on stuff, so I hope I didn't tick anybody off. But you notice I didn't get political. In any case, all right. Well, for my co-host, Joe Pritchard, I'm Oz Davis. We're out of here for this week. You have been listening to The Rouge, White, and Blue CFL podcast. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.